0: everyone. It's Allison here with new little life. I'm an internationally board certified lactation consultant, a nurse, a doula, and a mom of three little boys here on the new little life podcast. We'll talk with real moms about their breastfeeding experience, the good parts and the bad, and share real and practical advice about breastfeeding connect with and learn from other moms and professionals to help you meet your breastfeeding goals. Welcome back, and I'm really glad that you decided to be here with us today. Before we get started, I just wanted to say a quick thank you to all of our patrons over on Patreon for making this podcast possible. If you're able to support even a little bit to help keep this podcast going, that link is in the description for you. Today's interview is with Amy. She's a mom of three and a money confidence coach. She manages her company at amycirca.com, where she helps families master their money and create confidence in their ability to solve the money problem. I chatted with her a little bit after our interview, and she has a really unique and very practical way of approaching financial freedom. If that's something you're interested in, you can definitely connect with her. Today, though, she's going to share with us her three breastfeeding experiences, which were all wildly different. She's experienced breastfeeding as a very young mom, returning to work and low milk supply, a child with a birth defect, exclusive pumping, a breastfeeding child who wouldn't take a bottle, and so many other things. She shares with us a lot of the emotions and logistics involved with these scenarios, and I loved learning from her. I hope you enjoy our chat as much as I did. So here's Amy. Hi, Amy. Welcome to the New Little Life podcast. I'm so happy that you're here with us today. I am so excited to be here, Allison. Thank you. Yay. Okay. So can you start by telling me just a little bit about yourself? I'd love to know about your family, what you do for work, um, your kiddos, since that's kind of what we'll be talking about today. Anything like that? Definitely. So um, I'm married to my best friend. He is a trucker. So he's gone two to three weeks at a time. So I'm really running the household, but he's still my best friend. Um, And we have three kiddos. So uh, my oldest just turned nine this past week. And then I've got a four-year-old uh, who's anxiously awaiting his birthday now and a two-and-a-half-year-old, a little girl. So the four-year-old's a boy and then the girl. Wonderful. Yeah. So um, for my profession, I am a money confidence coach, so I help families uh, to master their money. Okay. You got to tell me just a little bit more about that because that sounds really, really interesting. <laughs> I know everyone's always like, what is that? I'm like, well, I created the term, so you probably haven't heard of it before. Right. Do you run um, your own business? I'm, yes, I'm guessing. Yes, I yeah? do. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. So um, I didn't start out that way. I have background in like personal finance. I was in the insurance industry for a while and through a lot of our own like personal experiences, stuff that had happened. Um, I know we'll talk a little bit about my middle son um, and the experiences with him. We had already done some work to improve, but being able to do the things that we were because of the decisions we had made. Like it truly became a passion. I typed all in, I can talk numbers and finance all day. Um, but really what it looks like is helping people to like, when you truly master your money, there's three different aspects and you have to get a good grasp on all three. So there's your defense, which is saving money. Offense, which is making money either like at a side business, at your job with a 9-to-5. All of those different areas you really should have. Multiple streams of income. And then the last one is the battlefield. And that is kind of like our mindset, the rules of the game, econo- economics type thing. The stuff that nobody really thinks about. Um, doesn't attribute attribute to it. But even like things that we were told as children growing up it becomes programming for us. And we have to be able to use that to truly move forward um, and address a lot of the misconceptions out there that we just need to make more income to actually be set when somebody is making that more income and saying the exact same thing. So I help you to master all three areas so that you can build wealth, um, create those opportunities for yourself and your family. Most of the time it's with your your priorities, most of the time it is with your family. Um, And then creating that financial security because life's going to throw curveballs at us. And it's just being prepared for when that happens. Oh, wow. That's cool. I always love it when I hear about moms, especially like you, where you're kind of running the house, your husband's away a little bit, and you're still like killing it with your business and like helping other people too. I love it. So very cool. I would love to put some of your links down in the show notes. So send those over to me so that our listeners can find you, especially after our chat today because... I already know that they're really going to love you. (laughs) So (laughs) perfect. Okay. Well, let's dive into some of your breastfeeding story. Can you tell me going clear back before your first nine years ago? Yeah. Um, Why did you decide to breastfeed? Did you grow up around breastfeeding? Was that always the goal? Let's start there. Yeah, that was always the goal. Um, now my oldest, before he was born, I was uh, I was very young. I was a, really a teen mom. He was born a couple days before my nineteenth birthday. Okay. Um, but growing up, I I was breastfed. My brother was breastfed. Like that was wasn't like that was the only option. It was like that's what I'm gonna do. It's just like what I need to do. What I wanted to do. I always grew up wanting to um, envision a way like to be that mom, to be that present mom. Cause I did have that role model growing up. So it was definitely a priority for me. Cool. Did you take any like classes to prepare? Um, you know, watching YouTube blogs, was there a class at your hospital, anything like that? We had, I took a class at the hospital, but it was like a generic, like baby, they're, they're generic prep. Yeah, like a childbirth. Yeah, class or it was something. like the childbirth. Yeah. So I think it's like one session that they mentioned breastfeeding, mm-hmm. but nothing um specific to that now. Yeah. So how did it go for you? I think that probably Especially attributed that to some of their problems. Yeah. Tell us about the first one. Mm-hmm. So um when he was born, um they he was born via C-section and they had taken him back, and they said his blood sugar levels wouldn't stabilize. So there was, there was a delay. There he wasn't able like to latch right away. And before, by the time that we got to that point, um, essentially he was kind of being a little lazy because they had given him the bottle. So then we had sure. they we were told to start using the nipple shield and all the stuff that kind of complicated everything. And we kind of made it work. It was never great. Um, I didn't ever have problems with the milk supply. But it it worked for a little bit um, until I went back to work. And um, I know now, did not realize then, because um, I had gotten one of the Medela, what are they called? The black ones that, like, it's the pump and the bag. It's not like they're I really I think made. it's probably the pump in style. Yeah, I think that's It's like I a square cool. pump and... Yeah. Let's see if it was nine years ago, that was like the most common pump about nine. Yeah. So probably a, just the pump and style. It's kind of an old pump. Yeah. Yeah. So that was what I had. And I was using it. My employer was good about like letting me go pump. Um, like being Did you flexible. have a nine to five? Yes. I did job have a nine point? to five. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was working in insurance. So I would go like in the back room and use my lunch breaks and stuff. But um, I was not responding to that pump. And I didn't learn until my second, really, that it was actually the pump uh, or I guess like me and the way that I responded to the pump, I only respond to the hospital grade pumps. Okay. So I lost my supply because it was not the suction that it needed. So I I don't remember the exact date, but I think by six months, like he was completely on formula because it just wasn't really working anymore. Um, he was more interested in the bottle than he was in nursing when he was at home. And then I wasn't producing enough to, um, supplement when he was at daycare and I was at work. Yeah. How was that for you at the time? Was it okay mentally? Cause since that's kind of where you were at, or did you struggle a little bit with that transition? I struggled a little bit with that because it was okay. something that I had wanted so badly. Um, and I, I blamed the pump cause I didn't know like what yeah. the difference was. So it was getting in the pump had been given to me. So I think I took out a little bit of like frustration there as well from the uh, person who had given it to me. Sure. It was like, well, you gave me a broken pump and like now this is what happened. Um, so it was definitely something that I had to work through. Yeah. Was there anything in particular you remember that helped you kind of get over that, um, It's frustrating when you don't meet your goals and you have to kind of adjust in a different way. Yeah, I think um, probably a big theme for me over like really my whole motherhood journey was learning to give myself grace. And I don't know that I ever really got good at it. Um, Maybe last year was like an improvement here, but just kind of accepting like I did the best that I could in the moment and there's nothing that I can do to change it now that doesn't do me any good. I want to be able to be present with my family. And if I'm sitting here beating myself up. And, you know, giving your baby formula is not the end of the world, nor does it make you a bad mom or is it the wrong decision, you know, (laughs) but it is hard. I think when moms have these goals like you and you wanted to breastfeed and you were kind of forced to readjust based on your scenario. Mm -hmm. And that can be hard, uh, just emotionally sometimes. Definitely. Oh, grace is like the word for yes. everybody. This, Just... oh my word! Okay, so your second baby, uh, there's about a what? Five, four and a half year, year? Mm-hmm. four and a half year difference. Yep. There, cool. Um, you had a, a challenge with him. Yes. Her. Yeah, that one's the boy. he's a boy Him. the okay. youngest is the girl Tell, start at the beginning let's let's hear about your second. um so yeah, when I got pregnant with my second, um I knew that I wanted things to be done differently. I mean, of course, we do the best that we can in the moment. and there was a lot of blindly trusting people um that I think when went on with the first because I was so young and so naive I didn't I didn't know like to go research so i dug in i went and researched so um the cascade of interventions definitely is what happened with my first and i think that's what resulted in the c-section so i was bound and determined to have a v-back with him and um to have a natural v-back so i oh. Dove in did several different classes. Um, birth boot camp is one that I really recommend to people. It was a really good class for me. Oh. Um, but fast forward to delivery day, um, he was born in the hospital. Um, so we had no I any no idea anything was wrong from any of our um prenatal appointments. Everything looked great. So we um we, I got my V-back. He was like natural, no, no pain medicine. So he did great. He latched right away. He was really alert. Like everything was really like perfect isn't the right word, but like just like I had imagined um, for sure. those first few hours together. And then he, the pediatrician came to come check on him. Um, and I, they had delir- delivered my food. So I remember that I had turned to the side, like to focus on eating while they took him. Um, to the little table, and while they had him, he turned purple. So um, they, like, sat there and, like, helped. I don't know what they did at the moment. I think it was just, like, patting him on the back so that he could breathe, and then they went and they took him to the NICU. Um, and we're doing some tests, and I remember I was being pushed from in the wheelchair from the delivery room to the recovery room when the nurse asked me, when my baby was being transferred to the children's hospital I was like what are you talking about nobody had said anything yet so apparently he he had what was called esophageal atresia so his esophagus and his stomach weren't connected so everything that he had like drank amniotic fluid and any of that stuff because we knew he was spitting up we just thought he had swallowed like some amniotic fluid and we were just how old was he at this um, point? like three hours and um was in the NICU there at the hospital where he was delivered at um and they transferred him over to the children's hospital that night um so my husband got to go over there and be with him um actually my mom stayed with him overnight they let her stay overnight so my husband could stay with me um (laughs) he was more comfortable with that he didn't want to be in the position to having to make all the decisions um sure so we did that Uh, we're able to talk with the doctor they had done x-rays like this is what happened and so um i was discharged the next day so that i was able to go be with him again but at less than 48 hours old he had to have surgery to repair that so that they went in and connected his esophagus and his stomach so thankfully his esophagus was long enough um that like they were just able to attach Uh it it wasn't like waiting for it to grow type thing. Um, but there sure. were some complications after that, but since his esophagus wasn't connected, like he couldn't nurse because he couldn't rec- like yeah. get the nutrition that way. And then after the surgery, it had to heal. Um, and we were there a total of seven and a half weeks. Um, so I started on exclusively pumping, exclusively pumping. So they have the hospital grade Medela, the Medela Symphony. There at the hospital, yeah. um, really, really great, supportive with everything, um, and I respond really well to that pump. I was definitely an overproducer. <laughs> um, oh, so like, well, I mean, cool. That can cause other. <laughs> well, it was kind of funny, but <laughs> yeah. Where you had low supply before, Mm -hmm. I bet it felt really nice to just have poodles of milk. Yes. Great. It was like, thank goodness. It was really funny because at one point they were like, okay, you've got too much milk here at the NICU. Like, can you take some home? So then like I was pumping and then like (laughs) taking it home and storing it. Um, But my goal was always to make it um, to two years with him, with milk. And he never successfully nursed again. He, um, like with the surgery... It would should have healed like completely within the first two weeks or so, Um, but there was a little tiny, we never even saw it. We could just see, they do um, what's called a a contrast dye. So like they would put the contrast dye down his esophagus and we could never see the hole, but you would see like the dye come out like into his chest cavity. So like we knew there was still a hole there. Um, So we were actually not able to hold him through all of that too, because of the tubes that they have, like with the healing. So yeah, that was a whole, a whole other thing. Um, but after it was seven and a half weeks total that we were there. And by the time like that, we were able to leave when everything closed, which was right around his one month birthday was when we were able to hold him again and try the bottle and he just couldn't take it. He would gag. He it would just he didn't like it. It was not successful. We tried for a while. Um and then it was just kind of like we want the heck out of here and <laughs> this is not happening yeah. fast. So he got what's called a G button. So um a port in his stomach. So he was exclusively breastfed via the G tube there um I mean really for the first 2 years of his life. So I pumped for nine and a half months, and then we were able to make it till over two years with him with that milk. Wow. So you had a you had quite a bit of milk. Yes, I did. <laughs> oh, that's great. So oh, that's a lot. That's a lot to go through. And you're pumping through all of it too, which is incredible. Um, when he started Solid Foods, was he able to – to do that on the normal timeline um what did that look like yeah him? it was a little more delayed so he okay. um you actually see a speech therapist because the speech therapist like does feeding therapy as well so that started yeah, yeah. in okay. the NICU and then we had a great um therapist that we saw for let's see he's four now so probably three and a half years And probably like the last four months of it was really just for my comfort. Like he was doing good there. Um, But we started with like just getting him on, trying to get him to the point where he could take a bottle. Um, And that took, I want to say about 16 months, like that he was good with the bottle. And then we had to start working on um, the solid foods as well. So a little bit more delayed there. It might've been closer to 12 months that we started. Um, yeah. because when you're in one of those situations, like kind of the rules get thrown out the window. It's like a whole different oh, set sure. of rules on what you're working yep. on. Mm. Um, so like textures and materials, like you don't like jello. You wouldn't think that would be one of the foods that you start with, but it was one of the foods that like we worked on as well. On just teaching him how to eat because they learn that that swallow reflux in utero and since it wasn't connected he didn't learn that so we were basically teaching that over the time but um he's he's doing great now we hadn't used the g button in over a year um so his sister pulled it out for him while my husband and i were on a trip in october and it was like Oh my gosh. Do we like try and come back and like put this in? Like, no, this is just it. This is like the sign, like let's be done and like everything healed great. He's great now. So he's got two belly buttons is what it really looks like where that spot heals. Oh, interesting. So you would feed him for the first I mean year, year and a half. You would feed him breast milk via the G tube mm-hmm. or the G button, I guess. Yep. What does, what does that look like? Can you tell me a little bit? Yeah. So there's a couple different ways. When we first started, um, it's more what's called a continual feed. So it's hooked up with kind of what you would think like an IV type cord. So there's like extensions there, but it was a pump. So the pump would have like, we'd put the breast milk in our bag and the pump would send like a certain number of milliliters every so often so you would program it like how much he would receive over um, an hour so in the very beginning he was on what was called continual feeds because he couldn't handle the volume of what like we would eat like a normal meal and be full so he would eat like basically overnight like he would be hooked up to it overnight and it would just be like a slow amount so it's almost like a continually keeping them full okay um, and then you, we worked to decrease the time so that he was able to handle it faster. Um, and eventually we got to the point like where you don't need the pump anymore. And you can use um, a syringe. It's like a really giant syringe. And just kind mm-hmm. of you slowly push it. Um, it's like yeah. a two, two ounce syringe. So getting like you would make the food and... Um, once we were done with the breast milk, I did blend like real food for him as well. And that goes through also. It's just like pushing it in with the syringe, almost like you would be, I don't know how else to describe that. No. Yeah. Yeah. I've um, fed, I'm a, I was a nurse. Okay, So you know what I'm talking about. Like GI feedings. (laughs) Yes. But I, it's really interesting to hear you explain that with an infant and specifically breast milk. And for our listeners who have never experienced something like that. Um, very interesting. Did you have to warm up the breast milk? Like, like regularly that you'd warm it up, put it in a bottle and feed them. Um, or did you have to change it out so it didn't like go bad? That's the great thing about it. It's like some logistics Yeah, so that's the great thing about breast milk. Um, I think if you look at like the, um, safety guidelines, they're a little bit shorter, but breast milk is last a lot longer. So with the breast milk, I could stick it in, um, some kids have sensitivity to like cold, um, Wyatt, that was my son, never showed that. So I was able to take it out. I would probably set it out like 30 minutes beforehand and then fill it up and it could set, I could set it up to run overnight and like that milk would stay, um, fresh. It's just kind of making sure that you mix it up, get all the fat mixed in really well. Um, because it does uh... have a tendency to separate and we want to make sure that they were getting the fat because he's a He's small, but mighty. He's definitely on the smaller end. His sister's about to about the same height, but, um, it, it lasts well. I've got friends that ask me now, like, okay, is this bad? I'm like, it's always the smell test. Like always the smell test. If it smells bad. Yes. It's bad. Otherwise like you're good. (laughs) Oh, that's so funny. Okay. So you liked the symphony, the Medela symphony pump. Did you have any problems pumping? You know, you pumped a lot. So I always like want to know what your experience was like. Did you have any like funny pumping fails? There's so like many. That, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yes. many. She said "Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> so our insurance was really great. So I actually own a Medela Symphony now. Like I have oh, one. Awesome. So we were able to purchase that's a brand so new cool. one. Um, but a pumping bra was definitely like a lifesaver. So like that I could be hands free. Um, I would pump going down the road. Um, like set up in the parking lot beforehand had a really big shirt like that I would wear over it Um, I was always like concerned I was gonna get pulled over for something and like what what's gonna happen I'm actually was in several pumping groups and I can tell like when people would have that it was always like the funniest thing because like okay what's the officer gonna do and half the time like they're like you can go now and just like ran off because it's probably a great way to get out of (laughs) a ticket because that they're just like so uncomfortable they're like yeah you weren't speaking that bad (laughs) just go like (laughs) um so many like spilled milk um forgetting parts of the pump and like just spraying myself and everybody else with milk everywhere and it was rather ridiculous and lots of pump washing parts because you had to wash it frequently Oh my word. There's a lot of logistics that you don't think about when you're an exclusive pumping mom. Sounds like you were in some Facebook support groups. Um, Was there anything else you found that was helpful? Because that journey looks a lot different than like an exclusively breastfeeding mom. So I know we're going to have exclusive pumpers listening and that's becoming more common of a thing Mm -hmm. now. So can you share any tips on that or support groups or what really helped you get through that? Definitely. I know that Facebook group was incredibly helpful. Like I don't know what I would have done without that group. Just kind of even like problem solving. I know that the hospital had support, um, like, breastfeeding support that I probably could have reached out and like helped with but after we left the hospital like logistically it wasn't really feasible for me because we had so many like just health appointments for him it was like on a on a weekly basis we had some form of doctor's appointment So being able to go to the group and like, okay, this is what's happening. Like knowing, okay, you need to be using like coconut oil works great to make sure that like you're not um, getting raw or um, I never had mastitis or like a clogged duct, like all of those things, like knowing how to like just move past and having people to sympathize with you with all your Amazon purchases in the middle of the night. Um, that was really important, like great to have that support group. Um, and then I think the other thing is like having, um, support around you. So my husband was always super supportive, but sometimes like our loved ones are supportive, but they don't know what to do. So like just communicating, like, okay, I need you to do this. I need you to go watch pump parts. I need you to just do this, like rub my back, like whatever it might be, just communicating like what you actually need from them. Um, And understanding that some people are just going to be, like, strange about it. Like, my father-in-law was totally, like, freaked out. <laughs> I would go hide. Yes. Really? I, like, in the other room. I know that, like, my husband and, like, my sister-in-law were not breastfed. So I know that's something that he wasn't, like, really around. So I think the fact that my husband was supportive really helped. But um it was... It was almost like a taboo thing. Like he would literally run out of the room. Like I, I would go pump in the other room. So um, it was a great like hideaway for myself. Like time for me. <laughs> but yeah. um, games on your phone is another great thing. Because otherwise you will spend a lot on Amazon and doing other things. Like just trying to pass the time. Uh, yeah. I Even as a breastfeeding mom, I have several of my like go-to. I don't want to use my mind right now, but I'm stuck feeding this baby. Yes. So... And I don't want to be on Amazon because it's scary over yes. So, yeah. Oh, my word. Do you remember the process of weaning from your pump? Was it difficult to kind of cut that down? You said it was about nine mm-hmm. months. Do you remember what that was like? Um, it was a little more simple. I think kind of cool. like when you wean with, like, when you're actually nursing a child. And your body kind of knows, so it's just cutting down how much you're pumping and then cutting down the frequency. Um, being able to sleep overnight that was one of the first ones that I cut was my overnight pump, so there's definitely some engorgement still that happens. Um, making sure that I had nursing pads because I was likely to leak and all of that, like hot shower helped. Um, but it wasn't like I never got any like plug ducts or anything like that, it, that part wasn't ever painful. It was kind of a smooth process. Were you working your nine to five still during your second one? Or what did pumping look like with your work life? Yeah. Um, thankfully I had left my job. Um, I was able to spend probably about, probably about three months pregnant with my second when I left my nine to five job. So I had time with my oldest there. And then I had a business that I was running, but Honestly, during that period of my life, like I wasn't, I wasn't really working on it. At that time, I was not coaching on my own, um, was still working like with the network marketing company. So it was easy enough to Mm -hmm. step back and kind of let everyone else kind of do their thing or take over work with my people type thing while I was able to focus more on the family and just kind of consuming, um, personal development, kept working on myself in that manner, Um, listening to audios. I feel like mindset is really important, especially if you are exclusively pumping. There is, I mean, nursing too, but whatever you're working on there, like being able to keep the positive mindset because it's not always going to be great days was really helpful for me. So when in this timeline, did you start your business that you know now was it kind of after your son's needs went down a little bit or did you start it in the middle of this um, it's always been the same type of business but truly starting out on my own happened after he was born um, but interestingly enough we had another medical crisis a couple of years later um, where my husband oh was um, hospitalized and out of work for three months. And it was during that time frame that I decided, like, oh, let me go do this on my own, which might not have been, like, the smartest, like, stress logistically wise, but I was actually pregnant with my third then when we started that. And I was like, well, let me get this up and running before she's born. Oh, wow. Okay. (laughs) So breastfeeding your third... Please tell me it was a little bit easier experience with your third one. Yes and no. There was different challenges. Okay. So uh, okay. my youngest is a daughter. And for a little bit of context, um, she was born on 4th of July. It was a planned oh. home birth, but it was not planned unassisted. Um, she's a redhead. We call her a firecracker. Like So stubbornness is definitely her thing. I'm already picturing the birth of the- Based on your description here. Okay, now you got to tell Yeah, it was a really me. hysterical <laughs> story. So I had prodromal labor with um, Wyatt, my second as well. I always go late. Um, I went 41 weeks, five days with Wyatt and 41 weeks, three days with Brooklyn, my youngest. Okay. Um, so we had been in contact with the midwife. She had came and checked me like a couple days before and there wasn't really anything. Like I would have contractions basically like almost all day long, like five minutes apart. And then like I would go to bed and they'd quit. So um yeah. it had kind of been one of those things and I'm just annoyed at that point, right? So we're just uh, sure. we're just doing like our normal thing. So we grocery shopped like on fourth of July morning. I'm like going walking through yeah. Walmart and like stopping every couple minutes like to work through a contraction. <laughs> You're like it's fine. This way going on. Yeah, for days, guys. Well, like it, we're just, good. it is what yeah. it is. Like let's just keep going. Um, it was really funny. I bought cherries and like was looking at produce and stuff and picked all that out. And the midwife got a really big kick out of that later because they're like coming to bring me the fruit. And I was like, oh yeah, I bought that this morning. Um,
1: <laughs> so
0: like my mom and stepdad and my brother had came over. We were planning like eating. We grilled out on the grill. Um, just kind of like kept doing our thing. Um and the contractions had gotten stronger but I really didn't want to think like okay this is it and then be disappointed again that it this isn't like yeah. the true labor. Um my mom says she could tell because like they were getting more intense but I remember you were in denial yeah, I like <laughs> I don't want to be wrong. Yeah. So I remember like coming and sitting on my room. I had a yoga ball and so I was sitting on the yoga ball like leaning up against the edge of my bed thinking like okay if this isn't labor, though, like, I'm in trouble. Like, I can't keep doing this. Yeah. So we took a family picture. Uh, we still have it, like, by our front door. So my two sons, myself and my husband. And then my mom, my stepdad, and my brother took our oldest and they went to go see fireworks because I was like, I, I can't do it. Like, I can't go. Y'all can go, but I can't handle it. It's a really good thing I didn't because otherwise we would have had a baby there, like, on the side of the road watching fireworks. Gosh. Um, and so, like, my husband and I were sitting there, like, watching our Netflix show. Like, I'm still on my yoga ball, like, working through contractions. And he's got Wyatt, who he is 23 months old at the time. And, like, he's just holding him. And I'm like, can you go put him to sleep? Because it was, like, bedtime. I'm like, can you go put him to sleep? I need you to, like, cover up my back. So he did that. And, like, he's rubbing my back, like, helping me through contractions and stuff. And um, all of a sudden, like, my water broke. Like, there are the contraction. And, like, I just get up and start walking. Oh, no. I told him that we needed to call the midwife. Good. (laughs) Like a vocal. Oh my gosh, I have goosebumps. This story is so awesome. <laughs> he's kind of freaking out, but he calls her yeah. and he's like, I'm like, tell her that I'm pretty sure my water just broke. And so she had already said like, um, cause I had called her earlier before we went to the fireworks and she's, I, we talked about it later and she was like, I still really didn't think you were in labor. Like you didn't really sound like it, but like, okay, I'll come check you. Like we'll finish eating here and then I'll wrap up and come over. Mm-hmm. And she was about 40 minutes away so she had already said, like, she was on her way. So he calls and then she's like, okay, I'm on my way. Um, and so I think I had, like, one more contraction and, like, I just get up and i walk into the bedroom. Um, and, like, that's it. So um, I, like, started to walk to the bathroom. Like, okay, I think I need to go to the bathroom. Um, I also told my husband to call my mom because she was going to be, like, in a doula supportive type role for me. And, like, tell her we need her. Um so, like that was the phone call like we need you and then like hung up. And so I walk in our bedroom, lay down on the bed, and I'm like I need to push. And he's like, "What? No." I was like, "No, I I need to push, like I time to push." So, um yeah, 10 It was less than 10 minutes between the two phone calls. So, then he calls the midwife back and like she needs to push. Um And then the midwife hangs up to co-call the backup midwife who was closer, um, like to tell her to hurry, like to come. He calls my mom and she, he's like the head's out. And yeah, she was born less than 10 minutes later, like four pushes basically. (laughs) Okay. How did your husband handle that? Was he just like a champ or was he mortified? Uh, He was kind of freaking out in the moment, but I think because like I was calm because I had had the natural worth with Wyatt I'm like okay this like this is it like this is what we need to do but he was able to do what he needed to do but it was definitely like no you can't push like this is not like I'm not qualified to handle but now he's like okay well we've done it once like let's do it again like we don't need that right like no we do need a midwife He thinks he he's him right now. Oh, my word. That is the coolest story ever. So. Okay. Everything went yep. well. Everything no went problems. well. No complications. Super. She latched right away. Um, we were right. able to do everything. We wanted, like, delayed cord clamping, all of that. Um, she had a tongue tie and a lip tie. So we did get that revised at about a week old. But she didn't really have problems okay. latching. But, well, I guess her latch was a little off. Her lip kept tucking in. But we didn't have any problems with that. We revised that. Um, The stretches were awful. (laughs) Afterwards. I've heard that that the stretches are. Yeah. Not like hard, but. Traumatizing. Yeah. Because they just scream and cry. So there's a little bit that reattached, but it it's not anything that we have to worry about again but uh we kind of ended yeah. up having the opposite problem because i had exclusively pumped with my second i was bound to determine like that she was going to nurse dang it And we were not going to give yeah. her a bottle cuz i didn't want that to happen again so i waited till she was about 6 weeks old to try and introduce a bottle and she would yeah. never take one so then she was literally it's attached not uncommon. to me <laughs> yeah so that was a little bit different yeah, for you. She got to go on her first road trip. She went to Utah at like, I think like nine months old because I had a trip. I had needed to go to this event in Utah. So she went with me and we hung out in the hotel room for the parts that we couldn't like go into. That is something that you don't always think about. So as an exclusive pumper, you really could be away from your, your son mm-hmm. because all you need is your pump and... And then when you're exclusively breastfeeding, you are really tied to this human, um, especially if they won't take a bottle. Um, Mine are similar that way. They don't love bottles, um, and they also don't love frozen breast milk. And so I feel that same way, very tied to the babies because I have the food, and they won't take it another way. I'm sure if I left, they would eventually take a bottle if they were hungry enough, but I haven't (laughs) ever pushed them that far, you know? There was... Uh. Because, like I had mentioned, my husband had been hospitalized, so he was an undiagnosed diabetic, just quick story there. So he had yeah. follow-up doctor's appointments, um, but from our experience with our second and really from the experience with my first and his birth and everything and yeah. knowing what I do now, I've really become, like, the medical advocate and I'm not afraid, like, sure. to stand up. So I would go with to the doctor's appointments because I would fight back on the stuff that, like, doesn't make sense. Um, so I would go with like to for those appointments, and there was a time where um, doctors' offices were frankly being dumb. They wouldn't renew his prescription until he came into the office, but they wouldn't schedule his appointment for two months. Well, he was out of insulin, so the only choice we had was to go walk into the ER, like to wait to be seen. So yeah, we were there for like nine hours. Um, But she wouldn't take the bottle, so they, uh, my mom and stepdad, again, were watching, like, the kids, so they had to bring them up to the hospital for me, and, like, I went and sat in the car and nursed her, and then, like, they went back home. Like, she was good, because she wouldn't take the bottle from them. What a stinker. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Strong-willed is definitely uh, in her genes. A firecracker. Yep, that's going to be her word for quite a long time, Mm -hmm. isn't it? Oh, my word. Um, how long did you end up nursing her? She was probably about 14 months when we were completely done. When she started solid, she definitely weaned herself quite a bit. I think it's the independent in her. Like, it was kind of like, I don't need you anymore. Um... Oh, you you have your hands yes. full with this. I feel one. like good she's... luck with the future yeah, of her. I feel like the other two have prepped me. Like I just thought <laughs> this this one was stubborn and then I thought this one was stubborn and then it's like this was just prep work. Like So she kind of weaned herself mm-hmm. uh off the off the breast. Okay. Was that earlier than you had wanted, or was it kind of okay when she did that? Um it was earlier than I wanted, but since I had been so Um, tied to her, like even trying to do date nights, working like in my business, everything had been more of a, um, challenge to arrange since she had to be with me. Um, it was a little disappointing, but it was also like a relief at the same time because it had been like, it was nice to be able to have that break and let her, um, like daddy or somebody else feed her and me having, not having to be just the only one that did it. That's interesting. You had really three very different experiences breastfeeding and a lot of different emotions along the way. And, and I think that's a good point for moms to know is that sometimes it's situational and you can have a different experience, even with your own kids, you know, even with these three different experiences you had, they were quite different and the end goals changed. You had to readjust many times and work through all of those, definitely those different scenarios. I would love to know what the hardest part of breastfeeding was for you. You've had some very unique challenges, but is there anything that sticks in your mind as like one of the hardest things or one of your least favorite things about breastfeeding or pumping, whatever? Um I think the waking up in the middle of the night <laughs> um is yeah. probably one of the right. worst yeah. ones, worst things. Um, I think, like, during those times, it was definitely leaning on, like, this is important to me and, like, the reason why I wanted to do it. Um, But, yeah, I mean, like, Brooklyn was a biter there for a little bit, and that was not fun. (laughs) No, no, no. No. Um, but I think like having to wake up in the middle of the night, cause I've definitely one, like when you interrupt my sleep, like it throws me off for the entire day, like the next day. Yeah. So having to do that for so long, especially with the pumping, um, sitting there looking I was just going to at... ask you which one was worse, the pumping or breastfeeding at night. I'm thinking pumping. Cause like with breastfeeding and at night, okay. we did co-sleep. So it was kind of like almost like roll over yeah. and stick your boob out type thing. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. But with pumping, like, I literally had to get up and get all situated and sit there for, like, 30 minutes and look at my husband and my son who were sleeping. It was just, like, this is not cool. And then did you have to take the milk to the kitchen or did you have, like, a little fridge in your room? What did that look like at night, the pumping? Yeah, um, I – most of the time, depending on the pump, because there was one point where I was pumping twice in the middle of the night. Um, once we left the NICU, I did not have a fridge in our room. Um so if it was, like, the first pump, I would go stick it in the fridge, which we had a one-story home. It wasn't, like, super far away to, like, walk over and go do that. Still annoying, yeah. though, to get out of bed. and Yeah, I get it. I would still – I would sit – I had a chair that I would sit in, either a chair or my rocking chair, which was in the nursery, like, that I would go sit in. I had, like, my tablet that I would watch something yeah. or um, play the games on my phone. But with – um fresh breast milk being good for up to eight hours, like that's like industry standard. If it was one of like the later in the night pumps, I would just kind of leave it on the nightstand and take care of it in the morning. Yeah, yeah. Cool. All right. Now can you tell me your favorite part of breastfeeding? Like we talked about the hardest part, which is, you know, <laughs> night feedings and stuff. Was there anything that you just loved from any of maybe you have something different from all three of your experiences. I don't know. Or maybe there's something that sticks out that you really enjoy. I think with Like my true nursing journey, like seeing with my first and my third, um, like those extra cuddles, like when they fall asleep, making those little noises and the extra like cuddles that you get and like that attention. And it's like that love, that moment that you have with them. Um, With Wyatt, I think it was probably like when he was able to start taking the bottle and truly drinking the breast milk that I had been pumping for him was really a special moment like seeing him actually do that and um it's a different way like even though he had been getting the milk it was a different way that he was consuming it that's really interesting to hear you to mention that because breast milk is amazing and has very nutritious properties Definitely. and is the best for baby so you're giving it through his G-bion which is fantastic but um it's interesting to hear you say that when he was able to actually drink it that that was a little more meaningful for mm-hmm. you and like I still, every once in a while, pull those videos back up because we videoed like the first couple times. And at first, yeah. when he started, it was just like a drop or two because you can get like the nipple with a really, like the very slow flow um, nipples. And it mm-hmm. would be like just a drop or two that he could take. And it was like those those wins starting off and then getting to the point like where he can drink a full bottle with um, like one of the normal nipples, like with the level one starting off, which is the really infant and then level two, which is a faster flow. And seeing him now, like it's, it's no big deal, but those wins along the way were definitely important. That's amazing. All right. As we kind of wrap up here, I could probably talk to you forever. You've had such an interesting experience and, and I love it. Can you tell me any piece of advice that you might tell a new mom who's planning to breastfeed? So a first-time mom who's pregnant, planning to breastfeed, is there any piece of advice that you feel like would be helpful for her? I think it's important to know why you want to do something because the intention behind it. But at the same time, it is that fine line of having grace with yourself if the situation just doesn't allow for it. And I think being able to look at that with your support group, support team, finding that those people that will support you and just being aware of you are doing the best that you can like in the moment. Yes, we have these, we have these ideal visions that we've always had, but being able to forgive yourself with that grace and not beating yourself up over things, not looking the way that you wanted it to. That's actually one of the most common pieces of advice that I've had moms say here on the podcast for other moms. So I hope just like drilling that into their brains will help it stick a little more. You need grace to get through parenthood. And, and so I I love how you phrase that. So thank you so much for chatting with me today. You have a really interesting story and I hope that it inspires other moms to like push through whatever struggles they're having, or also just kind of give them like, ah, someone's through this too. definitely. And you had a lot of really, um, well-spoken ways of, of saying things. So I really appreciate you taking the time to, to do that. Is there anything else you'd like to share with moms today or where can they find you? Um, we'll definitely put links down below, but any last thoughts? Yeah. There? Um, I just wanted to say, I'm so thankful to be able to be on today. It's definitely been a passion for me because I know how important, uh, breastfeeding is and having set three different so different journeys. I thought it might be a fun conversation because I feel like it's been so much. Um, But yeah, I think um, just if you are struggling, maybe you're exclusively pumping. I know that is a big one, like with the guilt and the struggle. So especially if you're in that place, feel free to reach out, like just getting support from people who understand. Um, I'm definitely always up for a conversation. Um, and then the best place to connect with me, I love hanging out on Instagram. So I know we'll put the link below, but that's at Amy Serka. It's A-I-M-E-E-C-E-R-K-A. Perfect. I'm going to go add you too, because I want to see what you're doing over there. Instagram is like a great late night scroll to your (laughs) recipe in the night. So that's perfect. I'm on Facebook out of necessity. I like being on Instagram better. Yeah, I... (laughs) I'm finding myself more and more on Instagram these days too. Very cool. Thank you so much, Amy. I loved our conversation today and we'll talk to you later. Okay. Thank you.